Hello, everybody. Episode number two coming at you right now. I just wanted to say thank you so, 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 so much for all the positive feedback on my first episode. I'm so overwhelmed. Honestly, guys, I said I was going to start a podcast and I literally did a a few days, probably like one or two days later. So I'm still learning, guys. Like, I'm using my headphones with a microphone on it. I don't have any special equipment. This episode might not be the best quality, but it doesn't really, like, an audio, but it's quality content. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I don't have, like, the the top-of-the-line equipment. I don't have a nice microphone. I'm in the beginning stages. Um, I just jumped right into it because I wanted to do it, and I love it so much. Um, but thank you guys so, so much for all your support, all the DMs, like, I was honestly surprised, I did not know y'all were gonna like the first episode that much, okay, I didn't realize that was that nice, that was a little boring, but, um, thank you guys so much, I really hope you enjoy this episode with Brielle, she is amazing, she is definitely a unique coach, like, she is on her shit, and I can't wait for you guys to listen to this, me and her talked for an hour and 32 minutes, honestly, I could probably talk to her for eight hours but please enjoy this episode and give her a follow i will have all of her information in the show notes show her some love thank you guys love you bye hello everybody i am here with brielle miss wanders of gaia brielle is a health do you say health coach or do you say coach health coach health coach okay so she is a health coach she is an avid traveler can you just tell us where have you been like which countries you've been to Yeah, so growing up, my family took me on a lot of trips, so I'm not going to, like, mention those, but Mm -hmm. I was, like, once a year, we would go on, like, some type of, like, family trip, so I was fortunate enough to go out of the country many times prior to doing, like, my solo travels, but the places that I've been solo traveling, Mm -hmm. um, I went to Costa Rica two times, I went to uh, Thailand, Vietnam and Cambodia that was all one big trip wow I went to Bali those were my solo trips wow so what is your favorite trip you've went on that's so hard to I feel like Costa Rica has like a place in my heart but Bali is also a dream like if you go there especially like for vegans it's like vegan heaven yeah so like hippie there's like yoga everywhere green juice is like two dollars like it's just oh so good in America. it's so cheap and it's so nice yeah I was gonna ask you like when you're traveling is it hard to find I mean obviously you can eat fruits and vegetables but like when you're out traveling in other countries is it hard to find vegan food like do you have to I mean how do you even communicate to them like you don't want a certain thing in the food yeah so that can get difficult, especially um, in Costa Rica, not so much because what they eat is what they eat. It's like rice, beans, um, yeah. and chicken. So you just say like, you know, no meat or mm-hmm. no carne and they understand. Um, so like that's pretty easy because all you have to do is take the meat out of their dishes. It's not yeah. like super heavy on like the meat and they don't really eat too much dairy. But in Thailand, in well, in, in Asia in general, they don't really – consume a lot of dairy products like mm-hmm. it's really hard for people who want cheese to get cheese wow, um, but it is there is a language barrier and a lot of the times they won't understand like what you're talking about so I tried to say no meat many times I never actually got meat which was good 
like if you're a vegan and you're traveling throughout Asia, I think you have to purposely go to like vegan restaurants. Mm -hmm. That can kind of ruin the experience because you're not getting that like authentic exactly experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I found myself eating a lot of like, especially in Thailand, like a lot of pad thai. Mm -hmm. A lot of pad thai and a lot of like smoothies and things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that that did get a little bit hard. And I did purposely go to some vegan restaurants to try certain dishes that I couldn't try, you know, on the street. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so you definitely have to be aware if you're vegan. If you're Mm -hmm. in Asia, in Bali, like, you're good. Like, it's so touristic there. Mm -hmm. Bali is a third world country. And there's just, like, areas where tourists kind of, like, took – like have taken over like entrepreneurs, nomads, oh. things like who live there. Um, and that's really what makes it super nice is that yeah. they cater to the tourism. So there's a ton of vegan options in Bali. There's like barely any meat and stuff, but they're also primarily Hindu there. So I think that mm. in their religion, there's not too much meat anyways. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, do you stay like at resorts or hotels or do you kind of just like find people's houses to say at so if i'm traveling with friends mm. so i travel with my friends pretty often and you know we go on like more like party trips i guess so yeah. in that case we'll stay in like an airbnb but oh. when i solo i always stay in hostels and i know that people think like oh hostels like have you seen the movie and i'm like i'm not even gonna watch that movie but yeah so i stay in hostels which are basically like dorms and they have like multiple beds in them. So you can usually know how many beds, like some of them will have like four, some of them will have six, some of them will have 10. Some of them Mm -hmm. are like huge. Um, I personally try not to stay in ones that have like, you know, more than like 10 beds, but yeah. So I just stay in hostels and that's just basically like a space where other travelers go. Traveler traveling is kind of like a community. So it's like another Mm -hmm. community like solo travel. Sometimes friends are together. Um, Hostels also offer a lot of like, They'll do like free tours. Or they'll just have things that like they can like show you around. Um, so in general, they're super safe. At least the places that I've been to, and they're really really cheap. So if yeah. you want to spend a ton of money, because hotels are so expensive. Um, but at the same time, if you're in Asia, if you you know if you're like super bougie and like you don't want to stay in a hostel, which mm-hmm. like sometimes I don't want to stay in a hostel too you can you can still get hotels for pretty cheap like in thailand a hotel is still like 15 dollars a night wow and a hostel is like five wow yeah that is really cheap mm-hmm. but and some I people like think hostels. it's so expensive yeah people think it's expensive but it depends where you go like if you're going to italy yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. and hostels are probably going to be 30 dollars a night mm-hmm. so it's just yeah it's just a different where you go and in Costa Rica, I would say they were around like, um, I want to say like seven to fifteen dollars a night. Wow, that's not bad. No, Costa Rica is not that bad either, but it's definitely more expensive for travelers compared to Asia. Yeah. So, do you ever get scared when you're by yourself traveling? Mm, I never have. I've never really been in situations where I felt scared um i'm really careful about my surroundings and there was definitely times where like i've met people and like ditched them and i think that like as women it's really hard to kind of like do that like we want to be nice but there's people who i've 
ignored when they spoke to me or like I walked away or I was like, oh, like I have to go meet up with my friends when I was really alone. Like there was times where like I got myself out of situations and it wasn't even that I felt uncomfortable. It was like being so cautious to the point where like, I'm not going to let myself feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So if there was a vibe that was off or an energy that was off, it could have, you know, it could have been nothing wrong with the person. It's just that if I feel, I listen to my intuition a lot when I travel. So I'm really careful about that because I'm not trying to come up missing. Um, Exactly. (laughs) I've never felt scared, but um, I would, I always tell people I've definitely felt more scared like in college at parties than I did anywhere I've ever traveled. Wow. Like in clubs, anything like that. I've definitely have felt more uneasy. For example, like when I went to Temple, more uneasy there than I've ever had anywhere I've ever traveled. Oh my God. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I was listening to my friend's um, story the other day and she was in Cancun and she was just walking the streets by herself. Nobody was around and she was walking to the beach. It was like a mile walk. And then this guy stopped and he was like, hey, this road is a dead end. You have to turn around. Do you want me to drive you? And she was like, no, I'm okay. So she started walking back. She's already half a mile in. And she was like, all right, I'm not going to get scared. I'm just going to listen to my my gut, my intuition. And somebody's going to pick me up within 10 minutes. She told, she told herself she put it out there. And then like five minutes later, um, two girls picked her up and they're like, Hey, it's not safe for you to be walking by yourself. Like, let's please let, let us take you back home. And that's the thing. Like, I feel like our intuition is so strong when it comes to that. And if you just don't allow yourself to be scared when you're traveling, you're not going to get the full experience if you're always like, oh my God, is this going to happen to me? Oh my God, is this going to happen to me? Yeah, you, you know what I mean? Risk. <laughs> exactly. Um, do you carry anything with you for protection? Like, do you bring a knife? Can you even bring a knife? No. I mean, generally I would. Like, I would yeah. carry like a pepper spray or something, but mm-hmm. you can't bring that stuff on the airport. So I've never had anything to like. Wow. So you're just out there. Like, I've never even had keys on me because what do wow. I need my keys? So you're just out there, just like walking freely. Yeah. But wow. in general, I will say people, you have to believe that people are mostly good. And I think that your mindset is a lot of what reflects like in your reality. So if you think that people are looking um, to hurt you or out to get you, most likely that's what's going to reflect. I gen- I in general usually think most people are good and they're trying to help me out and there has been situations where people have offered me rides when I was traveling or stuff like that. And I've said, yeah. And I just trusted them. And like, mm-hmm. they could have like kidnapped me, I guess. But like, exactly. That wasn't like at the forefront of my mind. It was kind of like, they want to help me out. They want to give me a ride because I'm by myself walking on this long ass road. Yeah, <laughs> or exactly. So you're just attracting what you're giving out. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, so what is your dream trip? So it's, kind of hard to say because a few years ago my dream trip was to go to Thailand and Mm -hmm. then I did that so I kind of like already did that and then like Bali was like my next dream trip um so like my next big trip that I want to do is I really want to go to Amsterdam I don't know if that's like my absolute dream I think my absolute dream right now it's hard to say dream because I know it's so possible but I think India like India or Morocco yeah I honestly, when I asked you that question, like the first thing that pop, popped in my head was Dubai for you. 
Ooh, yeah. Like, I, yeah. That's a, I, I don't see you going there. I heard it's really beautiful. So that's definitely, and I like have to think about trips that like, cause I feel like there's trips you can do alone and there's trips like you might want somebody with you. Mm-hmm. So I know if I went to India, I would definitely want somebody with me. Um, cause that's definitely one place that I've heard like women really shouldn't be alone. Um, but I think that there's certain areas that are safer for women and there's areas where like you really should be with a man specifically because that's the culture and that's what's hard being like American we're so free and we're so liberated and you know we want to wear our bras and our booty shorts because it's so hot and it's just like certain countries just like really don't respect that and it's really disrespectful of you to think they should respect you kind of like when you're going into their space so when you're traveling, like, it's also very important to, like, cover up and make sure that, like, you know the culture before you just, like, are wearing or walking around in a bathing suit and stuff. Like, they think that's super disrespectful in, like, in, like, Thailand and things like that. It's, like, if you're on the beach, yeah, anywhere off the beach, like, that's super disrespectful. Big no-no. Yeah, there's some some countries yeah. that there's things that are illegal there that aren't, you know, illegal here. Like, I think in Turkey, if you have a surrogate, it's illegal. Like, somebody else cannot carry your baby. That's illegal in Turkey, but you can do it here. Like, there's little things like that that you need to make sure that you're not doing, because if you go there, you're screwed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, what is your next trip? Did you plan anything for this year? So, um, right now, I should be in Cali, but due to the coronavirus... (gasps) that canceled oh my god yeah I was supposed to go on a three-day like weekend retreat in San Diego and then my boyfriend was going to meet me there and we were going to just like explore Cali so I don't have any trips planned right now because I don't know when this is going to end so I can't really plan anything until I know I can go somewhere are you going to push it back are you just is it just canceled Um, it's supposed to be postponed, so it's really up to the girl hosting the retreat. I mean, I still want to go to Cali, but I think, I think that as soon as the, like, this whole, like, coronavirus thing is over, I think I'm going to go to Costa Rica. (laughs) Really? Back again, yeah. That's awesome. I know a lot of girls who booked trips to Hawaii, like, right in the beginning of this coronavirus, because the flights were so cheap, and then it got really, really bad, so everyone had to cancel, but it's so, it's so sad. Like, all these events are getting canceled and not even rescheduled. I mean, some of them are getting postponed, but a lot of them are just canceled. Yeah, sad. Um, okay, how do you know, like, how do you pick where you're going? Do you just, do you feel called to go to a certain place? Or do you, like, look up, you know, p- cool places to go to in mm-hmm. Asia? Right, right. Or whatever. So... The first trip I did was Costa Rica, and it's mostly because I had a friend who travels as well. Like, she never stops, and she basically was like, go to Costa Rica. Like, it's super safe for women to go. Like, it's a really easy place to get around, Um, and if there's a language that – if there's another language that I would know the best, it would definitely be Spanish. So there wasn't as much of, like, a language barrier in Costa Rica. Um. So that was just why I chose that place. I actually never even knew much about Costa Rica until I went there. And now I'm like obsessed with it. Like I want to live there. Um, And then the next trip I wanted to go was Thailand. 
but I was like, let me just make a whole trip out of it because Asia is so far. Um, so uh, I don't know really why I picked Vietnam. I know I wanted to go to Cambodia because I saw like a girl on my Instagram who travels and she was there and it was just so beautiful. And I think that I must have did some type of research about like the best way to like get around all those countries. So that's like really what happened. It was that my, my dream was to go to Thailand. And then I was like, let me just make a full trip out of it. So that's why I also did Vietnam and Cambodia and Bali. I actually went on another retreat. It was called like the Bali goddess retreat. So it was like a yoga retreat, like spiritual retreat. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I just pick places I like. Like, I really I want to go to Amsterdam, so that's definitely, like, the next big trip I want to do. I know I, I want to go to India, but I know that's going to need, like, a little bit more planning out. So, I don't know. There's, it's just, like, places that I like. I look them up. Um, and the places that I'm drawn to are definitely places that tourists go. Mm-hmm. So, it's not like I'm like, oh, I want to go to, like, I don't know, like some random country in the middle of nowhere that like is all villages and no one goes to. Mm-hmm. No, I've, I've never really got drawn to any of those places, at least not yet. So yeah. that's cool. Um, do you have any sites? Like, what do you book on? Do you book your flights on like, you know, they have the flight finders, like Google flights. Um, what do you book on? So I... I usually book through an app called Hopper because they, you can pick like flexible dates and then they'll send you notifications of like, oh, this flight is rising. This flight is dropping. Wait to book it. Book it now. But honestly, like my best advice is to just book through the airline. So I say you can use other apps to figure out like when is the cheapest flight, but mm-hmm. the airline will still be selling that ticket for that price. It's just that they won't be like, oh, here's like the cheapest date to go. Like airlines are not going to tell you that. So I would say use other apps like Hopper, like kayak.com, even like uh, Google, Google, I don't know what it's called, Google Travel or something like that, Google yeah. Flights. Um, use those, but then like whatever airline you're going to book through, I recommend just booking right through the airline because I definitely like ran into problems with like third-party apps. Like if you ever need like a refund or if you need to change things around, it's very hard if you did not book through the airline because the airline will not help you out. Like mm-hmm. you have to get a third party um, website and those websites usually don't have a lot of like customer service or like contact information, things like that. Cool. Okay. Out of everywhere you've been to, what is the one place like that you recommend for somebody to go? Ooh, it's like so hard. Costa Rica. <laughs> I want to say Costa Rica, but if you're American, Costa Rica can be like, like to me, it's magic, but to somebody else, it can just be like beaches and like, it's very familiar because it's like Hispanic, like, you know, America's has a lot of Hispanic culture, I think. So if you want something like completely different and you want to see something new, I would recommend like, I would say Thailand because Bali is a little bit bougie. And I think if you want like a full experience of like seeing how people live and culture shock, things like that. I think Thailand, because it's like a whole new, it's a different world. Cool. I was going to go to Thailand. I mean, I don't even know anymore because some people are saying like this virus is going to last like two years, like maybe they're at the rest of the year. And there was like a business camp in Thailand in October, but I don't even know, like, I don't want to plan anything. 
Like I'm not booking something right now and wasting my money if it's just going to be canceled. Um, but yeah, like there's, um, we want to go, but it's like, do we want to stay in a hotel? Like we want to go and see, like we want to teach Ellie, like the so other cultures. What? You want to bring your baby? Yes. She's going to go with us, but I don't want us to be like in a resort the whole time. Like, no, what's the Thailand point? Thailand is not really a place. Like, you can do resorts, but I feel like only like retired people or something like that. <laughs> like in general, like even if you're gonna stay in a hotel, it's still like hotels are in the mix with hostels. It's kind of like all together. Like Thailand is just a lot of like I don't know street food and like a lot of entertainment. So mm-hmm. whether you choose to stay in a hotel or like a hostel, you'll still be in the mix. But I feel like resorts are kind of like out of the way like you don't really get the full experience at a resort yeah definitely like me and Braden went to Mexico um two years ago and the resort literally felt like we were in America like besides the beach like the beaches because we were surrounded by old white people the whole time who were like so entitled so rude to the workers like it was just it was a great experience because we were there but we didn't leave the resort so we were just in the resort and it was like we weren't even in Mexico Mm -hmm. like it the, the, we need to get out you know okay so now we are going to move on to health and wellness so do you want to talk about your food journey sure i would say my food journey started like i started paying attention to what i ate in like high school like my i think my senior year of high school or my junior year of high school, I was like, I'm just gonna go vegetarian. And like, I had really no reason behind it. I wasn't like watching like those PETA videos. Like I've seen them, but it that wasn't like the driving force. It was just like one day I was just like, I'm going vegetarian. And I don't know why I wanted to do it. I just did it. And like, I never like stopped being vegetarian. <laughs> um, so it's already been like five years I haven't eaten meat or something like that. Oh my that. God, that's I a know. long time. I know it's like sounds crazy but like yeah I just randomly like wanted to go vegetarian and I have my aunt is vegetarian so like when I did it she cooked me a lot of meals and I would go to her house and like we would cook together so she like showed me a lot of like foods to eat given that she's just vegetarian like to me vegetarian was always easy I was never really somebody who was like super in love with meat like in general but then that led to me going vegan which I would say I did like um strict for like nine months and my aunt also helped me throughout that journey as well so I would go to her house and she would look up vegan meals even though she's not vegan and she would make me stuff and like we would cook together and I would just that was when I just like explored and that was so fun for me like I always ate like chickpea mash and like nice cream like just like all the basic like vegan stuff that I feel like every vegan like eats when they first transition yeah Um, but I also ate a lot of like replacements. So I ate like, you know, vegan chicken nuggets and like vegan cheese and stuff like that. And then I don't know really like when it happened, I did kind of like wean off of it. And I think it was mostly because of like the restriction. Like I noticed if I went out to eat with like friends and I was like, oh my God, like I just want that so bad. Like I know if I would have just like given myself the space to have like one bite of something not vegan, I don't think it would have been so extreme to the point where, like, I was, like, I'm not vegan anymore, and I was, like, craving. I remember it was, like, I just wanted to eat pizza, like, so bad, like, just real pizza, 
Um, so that kind of led me to like transition away from it. But then I was like, okay, this isn't healthy either. Like, so let me think of when, like, so I went vegan and then I was still always vegetarian. And then I got into like holistic health and that's where I kind of realized like everybody's body is different. And like, even though you can't relate to somebody, you can't really tell them like, what's good in their body. Like I have friends who are like, I have to eat meat. Like my body feels weak without it. And I'm like, I could never relate to that. I don't know what that feels like, but I'm, I can't say that what you're feeling is wrong. So I learned in like my health coaching school that like one person's food is another person's poison. And it's just all about like listening to your body and making decisions. And that's when I just decided to drop any labels completely. So even though technically, yes, like I am vegetarian or whatever, like, I don't really call myself anything now because I just want to live, like, I just want to have food freedom. And that's, like, really what I preach in my coaching and in just, like, in general, that everybody should just be free. And if that means that 95% of the percent, ninety-five percent of the time you're vegan and then 5% of the time you go and eat a burger, like, whatever. Like, it just depends on, like, your morals, your standards, you know, how, what you want to put into your body and, I've now I'm basically at a point where I'm really hyper focused on eating whole foods. So I don't eat like a lot of processed foods and like refined sugars, though I do give myself the freedom when I want those things every once in a while to have those things. But in general, I would say my diet is whole food plant based. Mm -hmm. So I, I think what you said, like a lot of people just don't understand that everybody has a different body like just because your body can handle milk doesn't mean somebody else's can just because you can handle wheat doesn't mean somebody else's can mm -hmm. so like even with certain vegetables and certain fruits like there are some things that i eat that make me feel really sick and it's a fruit or a vegetable so yeah. it's like even like with rice like white rice and brown rice like it's it's so like everybody has a different system and we can't all eat the same exact way. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely agree with that. Um, so do you want to talk about like mindful eating? Yeah, I practice mindful eating, um, like intuitive eating. And I yeah. think that also comes from eating a whole food plant-based diet. And I think that when people hear, you know, whole food plant-based diet, they think they automatically switch to vegan. And really, you can eat a diet primarily plants and still eat meat and dairy and whatever it is, like if that's what you choose to have some of the time. But primarily a whole food plant-based diet would essentially be like 80%, 100% foods that only come from earth. And when you're eating foods that come from earth, I feel like naturally you eat intuitively because a lot of processed foods and refined sugars um, – things that were made in a lab are not meant to nourish your body, meaning that you're more likely to eat more because you're not, even though you feel full and 20 minutes later you're hungry again, your body wasn't getting like those nutrients. But when you're eating whole food plant-based diet, you are getting all the nutrients, you are getting all the vitamins and the minerals and just everything that you need to give you the fuel. And I think that mindful eating stems from looking at food as medicine and fuel rather than something that brings you like joy or happiness or pleasure, though it can be a pleasurable experience looking at it as an experience and not as something 
that can be poisonous, you know, to the point of obsessing or binging or things like that. So yeah, it's very simple. I would say it's just, you know, eating when you're hungry, stopping when you're full. There's no need to, you know, have strict rules on like how many times a day you eat or what you eat or like calorie counting and things like that, but rather just literally eating plants, eating when you're hungry, stopping when you're full and just creating a mindful awareness around your body's needs. For example, I know a lot of people think that they're hungry when in reality, like they're just bored or they're thirsty. So trying to like reprogram your mind to get out of those triggers and to understand when you're actually hungry, when you're feeling hunger and it's time to fuel. Yes, I can relate to that so much. Like when I, I was on like an alkaline, mostly alkaline diet, but I wasn't fully there because I would binge like all day long. I'd be eating alkaline. And then when it's the end of the night, I'm like, dang, I want some ice cream or dang, I want some like, you know, like processed hummus you know what I mean so it's like I didn't allow myself to to have that and then at the end of the day I'm like I'm still hungry and like all day long I'd be like I'm still hungry like I would go on one meal and right after I'm done with that meal go to snack like 10-15 minutes later then go to the next meal then snack and it's like it's a never-ending cycle because like I wasn't first of all I wasn't eating like correctly and I wasn't like giving into those little cravings with other things like healthier options so then it would lead to me like binging on like unhealthy food Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people have that struggle of like a balance between healthy and unhealthy and then like once they fall back into that binge they just downfall into process and and all that stuff it's so hard yeah I can definitely relate to that I was definitely somebody who was like that as well like when I gave myself restrictions it was just like to the point where like when I was giving myself that little bit of freedom I would go all in yeah like if I was like like for example when I was vegan and I would eat like pizza or something it was like pizza and then ice cream and then this and it was just like I just wanted to like keep going and then that's when you really lead to like that shame and that guilt and that feeling icky when in reality if you just had the freedom to say okay I'm just gonna have like a slice of pizza Mm -hmm. you could just leave it at that and let it be but instead we all think that we have to have so many rules around our diet and it's just either being on track or cheating exactly just be a balance exactly um do you track macros or anything or do you just eat what you want um I pretty much eat what I want I've definitely I've done it before sometimes I'll do it just to have an awareness of like um just have awareness around my macronutrients or like my calorie intake Mm -hmm. but in general I don't really I don't really track anything I just (laughs) eat what feels right and I kind of I eat a lot of like the same foods, like in general, I try not to, I think it's good to have like diversity, but in general, like I eat a lot of like my favorites. So I kind of have an idea of like my caloric intake and my macros anyway, for the most part. Mm -hmm. So I, I did, I tracked macros for like a day and I was like, this is not good for like, it's just, it's just so time consuming. And I just, I'd rather eat mindfully, but, um, what was I gonna say oh my god I eat the same meals all the time like that is such a problem that I have like I eat chickpeas literally every single day 
like my meals are based around chickpeas. <laughs> They're so good, but I really do need to diversify my food more. But I just, I just can't stop eating chickpeas. Like it's so bad. <laughs> what is your favorite food? Your favorite meal to make? Oh my god, it's gonna sound so basic. I think my favorite food is avocado toast. Oh my god, but it's not basic because you could literally make it. Um, you can have any topping on it. Oh, yeah, I make it different all the time, but I eat avocado toast, like, every single day, practically. What seasonings do you put on yours? Um, it depends. Like, sometimes I'll put, like, a chili lime seasoning, or mm. my new thing now is, like, lemon zest. So I'll put, like, lemon zest and lemon juice, and then just, like, salt, pepper, garlic powder. I like to keep it simple. I like to use a lot of herbs rather than seasonings. So whatever I have, like, cilantro, thyme, um garlic i wouldn't put ginger on my avocado toast but yeah like i like to focus in on like using fresh herbs and then it makes it taste good awesome do you take supplements uh i do i right now i'm taking like vitamin d and i probably will stop now that it's getting like nicer out but throughout the winter i take vitamin d um i take elderberry which is not really i guess it's like a supplement but it's a syrup um, yeah, I would say like, that's pretty much it. I take colloidal silver. I don't really take supplements. I'm not too like educated on them in general. Like, I think that there's some, I think there's a benefit to supplements. Like I think that a lot of our food in general, especially in America is not as nutrient dense as it used to be. Like when farmers actually grew our stuff and not like factories or not factories, but you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. mass farming. Um, so yeah, I don't really take supplements cause I don't really know what I need. <laughs> I think that, I mean, I feel good. So I don't like, I'll take something if I feel like I need it, like I'll buy it. But other than that, I don't, I don't have like daily supplements besides what I listed. Yeah. A lot of people ask me that too. They're like, um, when you were pregnant, like what supplements did you take? And I'm just like, I mean, yes, you can buy a prenatal vitamin, but if you're getting your nutrients through food, you really don't need a specific supplement unless mm -hmm. your body's feeling called to it, unless you're um, deficient in something. Um, a lot of people say B12. Yeah, yeah, B12, but you can get that through raw fruits and vegetables. Um, so you don't need to take supplements every day. Um, it would be nice, I guess, but I when people ask me, I'm just like, I just get it my nutrients through food um yeah. when i was vegan i barely took b12 <laughs> like yeah. i did take it but not really and i felt really good so yeah. I, I didn't feel deficient what are your favorite herbs Ooh. all of my favorite herbs are like food related so i love garlic and ginger i think that garlic is like the most healing it's not really a herb i guess but like I don't know. Garlic is definitely a favorite of mine. Ginger. Um, I love lavender. Um, not so much for like eating and consuming, but just like, I like to make like smudge sticks with lavender. Sometimes oh. I like lavender tea. I love eucalyptus because I have like really bad allergies. So I like to keep like eucalyptus around or I'll hang it in my shower. Um, rosemary for cooking. I love rosemary and I just love it in general. You could also use rosemary to smudge as well. Yeah, I would say those are my favorites. Garlic, ginger, lavender, eucalyptus, rosemary. Yeah, those are my faves. 
I am so obsessed with ginger. Like, I need it in everything. It's so good. It's so good. And it's so good for you. Okay. Now, this might be a little much, but what advice do you have for people that want to eat healthier? Well, I guess it depends on where you're starting from. So I always recommend that people start slow. So for example, if you're somebody who, let's say you eat fast food three times a week, but you also eat out like the other two, like you eat, let's say you eat out twice a week and you eat fast food three times a week. So five days a week, you're not eating home cooked meals. You're most likely not going to go from that straight into like a whole food plant-based diet, all home cooked meals. So I would say if you want to start eating healthy, start with grocery shopping in the perimeter of the grocery store. So the inner aisles are usually where like the junk food is, like the snacks and things like that. The outer aisle is like the main food groups. So the produce, like meat, dairy, fish, whatever, like all of that stuff's on the outside. I would say definitely load up on produce and look up recipes, you know, like just look up stuff that you like and see how you can like make it healthy. Like there's pretty much a mock recipe for like everything that exists. Um, so yeah, shopping in the perimeters of the grocery store, loading up on produce, trying to home cook as often as possible. So trying to get away from like those on the go meals and like those packaged products. Um, but like I said, it's always just about like starting off slow, eat what you actually like. So don't like be like, Oh, I'm going to have a kale superfood salad when you hate kale. You don't have to <laughs> kale, you know? So I think it's like eating foods you like, like people like fruits and vegetables, even if you like don't want to admit it, there's a way that you can cook a fruit or a vegetable or whatever it is in a way that you like it. So just figuring out what food you like, and it's all just trial and error and giving yourself the space to mess up, you know, Mm -hmm. if there's ever like a a sugar craving or something like that, honor that, like figure out if, if yes, you can replace it. But if you need to have that cookie, have that cookie and then move on with it and go back to eating as healthy as possible yeah so going back on you know everybody's body is different so Braden has this thing where he cannot eat raw fruit he can't eat raw fruits and vegetables because he has a texture problem and he doesn't like the texture of of raw fruit he doesn't like the temperature he doesn't like the texture so the way he gets his fruit fruits and vegetables is in smoothies he doesn't eat anything raw like in you know in its actual form so I get people messaging me all the time saying, Ashley, like, I hate vegetables and fruit. You don't like, you just are, you don't have to eat it raw just because it's a a fruit and vegetable doesn't mean you have to eat it raw. Like everybody likes smoothies for the most part, you know, everybody likes a stir fry. So you just have to find a way to incorporate it with what you like. You got to make the sauces. Exactly. You got to learn the good sauces. (laughs) Where, okay. I'm going to ask everybody this question because I'm literally obsessed, but where do you grocery shop? Ooh, that's kind of hard because like I definitely like to av- like give people advice on grocery shopping in places that are super affordable but I'm not gonna lie like I do majority of my shopping at like Whole Foods and Wegmans which like can definitely get pricey mm-hmm. um but I work part-time at Whole Foods so like I'm always you work there. at Whole Foods yeah <laughs> what part I work in the worst department for me. I work in specialty, which is like... Oh, the cheeses and the... Um, yeah. But it's good because I'm not tempted to eat all day. Like, 
if I was in the bakery, like I would want to eat the cookies all day. But like since I'm in the cheese department, like I'm not really interested. Yeah. Um, do you like yeah, it? Huh? Do you like it? I like it. I mean, it's not. It's a job. <laughs> it's my yeah. not my dream job, but I make the best out of it. I've only been there for like a few months. Um, they treat me good though. Really nice people. But since I'm always there, that's just where I do a lot of my shopping, and also just like Wegmans because I think that their prices are significantly cheaper than Whole Foods. Also, I think Whole Foods. So and you get just you get such a good discount. Yeah. And honestly, I don't really think that Whole Foods is okay. Whole Foods is expensive, but if you shop the sales. If you shop the sale, only the items that are on sale, it's not that bad. Um, but I always like price compare before I go shopping. But like when Whole Foods has like produce on sale, it's usually cheaper than Wegmans. Well, and like Whole Foods in general, to me at least, like the perimeter of the grocery store, like I said, is like the same price as anywhere else. Like their produce is not like over the top besides like you know, like fruits that aren't natural here, like guava, star fruit, like that kind of stuff gets expensive. But like apples and bananas and stuff like that, like I think that their prices are fair. If I still lived in the Lehigh Valley, though, I would definitely be at like the grocery outlet, produce junction. Like those are my places. I was like always like shopping in like different places when I lived in the Lehigh Valley. But in Jersey, it's not it's not like as easy to find like those type of like bargain places. Jersey's like pretty bougie. So <laughs> it's kind of hard to find um, like bargain outlets and things like that. Yeah. Okay. Now we are moving on. I am so excited to talk about this. I <laughs> love talking about coaching. I love hearing different coaches because every single coach has a different like, um, you know, topic that they focus on. So do you just want to talk about like, what, what are you doing? What is the coaching? What do you do? What do you focus on? Sure. So in general, so I'm a holistic, I'm, I'm a certified integrative nutrition health coach. So it's just a fancy way of saying holistic health coach. And I got certified through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, which is like an online program. Um, so in general, a holistic health coach is just somebody who looks at the bigger picture so, you know, they look at all aspects of their client's life. So their relationships, their lifestyle, um, their routine, how much movement they're getting, their food, just the whole thing, your career, just things that can factor your health, um, a holistic health coach would look into. Some holistic health coaches have like specific practices depending on, you know, their background and things like that. Um, in the past, I was really hyper-focused on, like, gut health. I was really into, like, the gut health, um, part of health, and I still am. I think it's very valid, and I think that eating the best for your gut is what makes the most sense in regards to how your body should be functioning. I'm also really into Ayurveda, which was a big part of gut health, and Ayurveda is basically eating for your energetic makeup. Uh, this is like an ancient, like Indian way of living and healing. So they basically, in Ayurveda, they focus in on digestion. So it's basically eating the foods that are going to be e most easily digestible for your body. Um, but now I'm launching a new program that I haven't dove into yet. Like I haven't launched, I haven't started this program yet, but now I'm diving into 
just a holistic approach overall, not something specific like gut health. I'm really focusing in on now uh, radical self-acceptance and radical self-love. I find that this is a big part of health and it's the foundation of everything because no matter how much vegetables you eat, no matter how much you exercise, if you're not content with who you are, you're never going to be fully healthy. You're never going to be able to fully accept who you are. And that's so much more important. You can eat McDonald's and love who you are and think that that McDonald's earth mama medicine said this, that like the McDonald's can nourish you if it's your mindset. So, um, now I'm diving into more like reprogramming of the mind and using your mind to be like the tool that makes you healthy in relation to holistic nutrition and spirituality. So I'm doing like a three part program and it's the first piece is going to be like, um, self-love radical self-acceptance and the second piece is okay now that you love and accept yourself on a much deeper level than just what self-care is you know face mask and bubble baths how do you deep <laughs> your body now <laughs> you know but like people think like oh i love myself because i give myself a bubble bath like it's so much deeper and we all hold so much like trauma and garbage and beliefs from our whole life but ultimately, once we get like past that, then I teach the nutrition aspect of it and nutrition in relation to spirituality, finding that deep connection to source, universe, God, whatever, whatever you choose to believe in. So that's really my main like primary focus is now is just radical self-love, nutrition, spirituality. I just want to say like that is amazing. Um, a lot of coaches, <laughs> like they just focus on like, like it's, it's good. Okay. It's good to focus on nutrition, but like you said, like your nutrition can be like amazing. You could eat like the best quality foods in the world, but like, how is your mind though? Mm-hmm. Like, are you happy? And, and that's, that's so good that you're focusing in on that because a lot of people have that in order, but their emotional state is, is fucked. And we're all and- carrying baggage we all are and you have to bring it to the surface you have to how did you think of that did you just did you just have a thought like I need to focus on this now like how did you even think of that so creating this new program it really was more intuitive I just thought you know what's going to excite me the most and what's going to be like the most exciting thing for me to teach one and also what's going to serve my people the best. And I know that I serve a lot of women. I've done a lot of market research. So I've done like, I facilitated a lot of interviews with a lot of women saying like, what do you feel like you need or what did your past self need when you were going through your biggest struggles in life? And the majority of the women said they needed um, community. So just people that they can trust and open up to and be vulnerable with just to love themselves. And then like it was just overall like other lifestyle factors. So, and I took that into consideration because I felt like that was the biggest piece for me too. Like in my journey, especially like in high school, I always thought like I needed to lose weight to be happy. I needed to have like this perfect body. Like I was a dancer and that's like what it was all about. So I always like thought it was like lose the weight and then I'll be happy. And then there was a point where I lost weight. I've gained weight. Like I've done all of it. And it was never until I fully said, you know what, I have to accept who I am and it doesn't matter what I look like. That's when I'm going to be happy. And that's how I found that was through eating like whole food, plant-based diet, being in tune with earth, doing my meditation practices. And even though 
They're not the first thing you want to do when you wake up. It's easier to get a milkshake and to ignore meditation and scroll on Instagram for five hours a day. It's much easier, but it's so much more worth it when your quality of life is just more potent in general, when you know that you can take these practices forever and they'll help you thrive. I love that. I haven't met, I've met a lot of coaches and all of them focus on like just, just health, like just nutrition and food. But I've never met somebody who's like, so like aware of mental, of your mental state. And that's really important. Um, that's so awesome. So do you, how do you find clients? So I, in the past, I would do like direct outreach. So I would literally just DM everybody, like whoever, and like just get into conversation with them, like get on phone calls with them. And I found that that wasn't what was most resonant for me. So now I'm kind of in a space where I'm doing everything from like intuitive flow. I really, especially with this coronavirus going on, like I feel like the feminine aspect of me leading at all times. So I'm no longer at a point where I feel like I need to force myself to do things or push myself to do things or even worry about clients, like worrying about having them or having that sense of anxiety behind my programs. Cause I feel like people can feel that. Like if I show up and I'm nervous about, having clients I can't serve you like I'm not I don't even I'm at a point where I might not even feel worthy of serving you so I've kind of gotten past that and now I'm at a space where like I'm sharing what I have to share and I just trust that the women who want to work with me will come to me so I'm no longer doing any more like direct outreach or dming people but rather I'm just letting like my content and my story kind of lead the way and whoever wants to join in on my coaching can join in you know like my dms are always open but i'm no longer like searching in for clients i'm just kind of trusting that when they're ready they'll come that's awesome because a lot of people like a lot of people don't understand that like coaching is not an mlm like just because somebody's reaching out to you in your DM does not mean that they're in an MLM. Like that really irritates me because I have so many coaching friends and they like genuinely want to help. And like people are like, oh my God, I don't want to be a part of your MLM. Like it's not an MLM. Like they, we're just trying to, not we're, they're just trying to help you. Um, <laughs> and chances are you need the help, you know? So if a coach ever comes into your DMs or if you ever come across like somebody that is a, a coach, a health coach, holistic coach, a spiritual coach, they are not an MLM. It's not a scheme. Like, I just want you guys to know that. Yeah. hundred um, percent. It's not a scheme. <laughs> they're just trying to help you. Yeah. And I think it's hard because even in my, like, for example, since I'm a coach, I get a lot of business coaches in my DMs. So not like health coaches looking to change my health, but business coaches looking to help me grow my business. And that's when I really decided, like, I'm not reaching out to people through DMs anymore. Cause I get like, as much as they're probably looking for the best, you know, they're trying to help me out. I, it's really fucking annoying. Like it, I know when you're like, Hey, how's your business going? I'm like, I know that that's not, you don't care. Like you just want me to sign up and I don't want to people to think that I just want them to sign up because I would hundred percent rather you not sign up than, you know, give me money, pay for my program and then like want a refund or like not be happy with the results or not be hundred percent committed. Like, 
I only want to work with people who are hundred percent like all in and are ready to invest like in their health, take responsibility for their life and just like are ready to thrive because it's not easy to thrive. Um, exactly. Then you can hit me up. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I agree because I get, I used to get a lot of DMs and people be like, I want to go vegan, please help me. And like, I'll spend like hours and hours and hours talking to these people and giving them advice and linking them to videos and documentaries and articles. And then they're not committed. They're not ready to commit. They just, they think they are. And then it's just me like giving them all this information and then they just don't take it seriously. They don't read it. They don't look into it. And then like the next day they're eating like McDonald's or like the next week they're like eating McDonald's and that's fine and everything. But like, do not, like, if you're not ready, then you're not ready. Like, you don't have to make a, a switch right away. Um, you have to go you at your own pace. have to be a label. I think a lot of people, like, we're so, like, mm-hmm. programmed to believe that we have to have, like, a diet. Like, paleo, keto, vegan, and, like, you don't have to have it. I've heard, like, so many people be like, I'm vegan. And it's like, you're, they're not. And I'm like, why do you even have, you don't have to say that you're, like, you don't even, you don't have to say anything. Like, no one, it's nobody's business what you eat, like, really. Like, yeah, you you don't have to label yourself to eat healthier. Just just put those healthier foods in, but you don't have to label. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your favorite part about coaching? Um, I like to see just people, I like to see like transitions. And I like that people get very shocked around how slow it is. Like I know I have one client and I was like, okay, so like what's showing up for you? And she told me, like, all this stuff that she's working on. And I, like, brought it down to, like, barely anything. Like, I was like, okay, this is what you're going to do then. I'm like, put more color in your diet. Like, just, I was like, when you eat a meal, see how many colors you can put in your food. And it, like, I feel like it, like, blew her mind. because She's like, I'm eating so much healthier. And I'm like, yeah, you don't have to. And, like, mind you, that was, like, what I told her to do for two weeks. Like, I wasn't like, do this, 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 and this. I was like, literally just see how much color you can add in your diet and see if you can meditate like five minutes a day. And I think like, that's like the coolest part about it is seeing how like these small actions really create the bigger picture. And this is really where the change comes. It's not from making big shifts. It's from taking small action steps. And I really like to see that. Yeah. And it's not like you're forcing, you're just literally giving a small task and it's like, it makes such a huge difference. You don't have to be extreme. Just one one little change and, and your life is literally like drastically mm-hmm. changed. Um, so do you want to be, is this a forever thing? Do you want to be a coach forever or do you have other plans? Um, I mean, as of now, it's definitely the dream. I don't want to limit myself to just that you know if more opportunity comes I know I definitely want to be like a yoga retreat host so I want I guess like my dream job would be like holistic health coach and like yoga um like retreat host so I think I would have loved like for this next program launch to have like my program leading into a retreat but right now um but in the future, yeah, I want to definitely host more retreats. That is really cool. I have never, you're like, 
so different than all of my coach friends like so different like <laughs> I've never heard of that before <laughs> like you're either like a retreat gal or you're like a coach but like you're like doing everything together because you can you can do whatever you want like I feel like I used to think like you'd be one, like you're one thing and then that's it but like that's not true like there's coaches who like have taken their practice so far you would have never even known that they were like a coach because they do something completely different now we're gonna talk about yoga so what advice do you have for beginners who want to get into yoga have never tried it have always you know seen because yoga is very popular now mm -hmm. um people who want to get into it but don't know where to start um i would say go to a class um, I know a lot of people do like YouTube yoga, like, and that's great too, but that's what you like, but I recommend like going to a studio, like get the full experience and don't just go to one class because like, yes, yoga is all like peace, love and happiness, but it doesn't mean that you're going to love everything that you experience. So you have to definitely try other things. And I think be aware of like what classes you take. So for example, like for me, my first yoga class ever was, like, a hot, like, level three yoga class, and I thought I was gonna, like, pass out, but I loved it, and I was a dancer prior, so I had that stamina to still keep moving, even though I couldn't do all the poses, or I just wasn't aware of what all of them were, so I think if you're, like, a very yang person, like, a very upbeat, very um, fit person, and you want to take your first class as something a little bit more challenging, I don't think that it's an issue. You just might have some alignment problems. So I would say don't go crazy. Like don't try to do these crazy poses right away if you go to like a really hard class. Um, but sometimes like those gentle classes are just too slow for people. Um, but they're very good if you don't know the poses and you need to get the basics because I think alignment is the most important. You can hurt yourself if you're not doing the poses right. Why do you do yoga? Oh, well, I guess I started doing yoga just because I was like, I'm just going to try it. Like, I was just like, not, I was like in high school, I was like not feeling that good. And I was like, I'm just going to like do yoga because I heard it like makes you feel really good. And I like loved it. Like, I loved it. And I told you my first class was like a really hard class, but I kept going to it. And then I started to like learn more about it. And then I became a teacher. And through my yoga teacher training, that's when I really realized like, this is why I do yoga because to me, yoga is like, it's, it's, it's everything in life. Like, it's like, it's like my religion. Like, it's just like, it's all your morals. It's your values. It's how you speak. It's how you act. It's how you treat others. It's how you treat yourself. It's how you move your body. Like, it's just everything. It's earth. It's us. Like, it's just, it's all one. And that's why I do yoga. Cause it's just like, it's what life is. <laughs> that is so cute. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Now let's talk about your spiritual journey. Now, this is really, I know this could be a lot. Everybody's spiritual journeys are different, but how did you get into the spiritual world? Definitely through yoga. Hmm. Um, so like when I first started doing yoga, it was just like movement, like physical activity. It wasn't so much like mind, body, spirit. Um, but then during my yoga teacher training, we, I learned about like the depth of yoga. So like the history of yoga, what balance really means. I learned about like the morals and the values and all of that. And that's like really where my spiritual journey like started was just realizing that 
were so much like learning in general that yoga was so much more than just movement and that there's like so much depth to it so that's when I started to like realize like what does it mean to be in tune with nature to be in tune with the world and the universe and then like I got into like my meditative practice um I would I went on a retreat when I was younger and then I started to learn what it meant to really like shed, like bring things up to the surface, like from your past and like shed them and let them go. And I think that's a huge part of like a spiritual or a healing journey is that. And then uh, learning about food and realizing like, it's just also connected to how like the earth provides us with food to nourish our body so that we're in a space, we're in an energy field that's much clearer and we're able to get closer to that universal space source whatever you want to call it um so yeah I would say like that's my spiritual journey I don't really know how to explain like everything in depth but just like realizing our oneness and like leaning into what that meant so whether that meant you know doing yoga journaling meditating for me it's mostly those things like yoga journaling and meditating that's how I feel I'm like in my most spiritual essence and through coaching and stuff like that, just living a life that's all around nourishing and not doing things because of the structure that we built like in our society or like, because I feel like I have to do something. Do you have a spirit animal? I don't, I don't know how to, <laughs> like, I don't have an animal that I'm drawn to, but I feel like, like, how do you figure out what your spirit animal is? I don't, I don't know. I've heard people say, like, oh, like, my spirit animal is a tiger. Like, I don't have, like, one that's, like, yeah. mine. <laughs> I don't know how to, how do you figure that out? Um, do you have anything that you're, like, drawn to? Like, like, water, the sun, the grass, like, the snow, the rain, like, the moon. Do you have anything that you're, like, oh, my God, like, I, this is, it makes you feel so, like, comfortable in you. And, like, do you feel connected to anything from Earth? Like the ocean oh yeah like the beach mm-hmm. the ocean the beach the sand i also love like the jungle that's why i love costa rica because it's all jungle okay um okay let's talk about journaling okay. so what do you journal about um i journal i journal about everything i mean Same. i've had like different like, I guess if I'm, like, giving advice or whatever, like, you know, how to start, like, a journaling practice, I would say just free write. I, I think I started off doing, like, well, in my yoga teacher training, we had to do a lot of journaling. Like, that was a big part of the experience, so I really learned it through that. And then I also did, like, morning pages, which is when you just wake up before, like, you do anything. You just, like, write. And sometimes my words would be, like, unreadable because I'm, like, so tired. But, like, just doing that can help because then you have an idea of, like, what you're really feeling on the inside like before you're awake and you're conscious of the world around you but in general I usually write like every day I do I write like gratitude I write like affirmations like I think that those two things are so powerful and like it sounds so like like if you're somebody's in the personal development world it's like oh you do like <laughs> like gratitude you do your gratitude and affirmations but like that's so important to me and then like sometimes I free write or sometimes I just write like goals or like um just however I'm feeling. Like, I journal about literally everything. 
Yeah, I think journaling is so powerful and people just people don't realize it. They think, oh, you're just writing stuff down, but you don't you don't get it like until you actually do it. I mean, some people it's like, eh, whatever. Um, Everyone has a different mind. But when I journal, it's it's so like healing to me, like Mm -hmm. I'll like write my goals. I'll write my to do list. I'll write like, you know, what I want to accomplish in five, ten years or I'll write like like the other day, like I had like an issue with my mom and then my friends like write a letter to her and then burn it. I'm like, what? Like, why would I do that? Best thing to do. I've done that. Like writing letters to people who like hurt you or like whatever. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, it definitely, I was like, what the heck? Cause like I have all this like built up emotion around like my mom and stuff, but I wrote a letter to her I didn't want to burn it because I'm like, I didn't want to set anything on fire, but I just, um, I wrote a letter and then I like crumbled it up and I threw it away and I'm like, it's out of my body. Like, I don't feel any sort of way anymore. It was so weird. Like, I just, I let it out. Like, it's over. It's like, like my end is done. And it was so powerful to me. And, and I, I journaled about a lot of different things beforehand, but that like really was like, wow, like this is so powerful to me. Like, anything that I write down it's like it's like our own little outlet and if you haven't tried it I really really think you should Mm -hmm. I have some you definitely do and I have like a Pinterest board of journal entries like I probably have I'm gonna actually see how many I have um probably I have 181 pins of journal entries like self-discovery like how to find your purpose in life like motivation, um, 30 journal prompts facing your fears. Like it's just, it's, you learn, like Brielle said so much about yourself. You just let your emotions out. It's, I, I highly recommend if you haven't started to journal and like, like she said, like some people are like, Oh, you journal, like, Oh, you're one of those, but like, no, like it's actually so helpful for you. Um, okay. Let's talk about manifesting. Okay. So, what is your experience? Have you seen success from it? Has anything crazy happened? Have you ever had like a moment where I'm like, oh my God, like I just was talking about that and it happened for me? Um, I would say a lot of like the manifesting that I've done has been like so subconscious and that's something that I'm starting to like dive into more in regards to like understanding what that meant. So in the past, I would like write things down and like manifest them and like be so attached to like that thing and now I'm starting to learn that like you can't be like you can manifest but you can't be attached to what you desire because the universe is not going to give you something when you feel like you need it because need is basically like you're lacking something like if you need money you need it so bad that means that you're lacking in money when in reality you can be feeling like you're abundant regardless of what you have so my personal experience at manifesting has been when I like made it more effortless. Like for example, I remember like I would say my dream was to go to Thailand and it wasn't like I was manifesting like crazy, like writing it down and putting it on vision boards. Like it wasn't really like that. And then like a year later I went or like with hosting, like I hosted a yoga retreat in Costa Rica. I was like, I want to host a yoga retreat. And then it was like, it happened. Like, so like with manifesting, I've noticed it was like, stuff that I like wanted to do and then let go of it was like so, like in my head I was manifesting it I guess and so I was working toward these things but it wasn't so much like like for Obsessing. example yeah like one thing I was always I've been trying to manifest for a while was like 
I want to make a hundred thousand dollars in a year. Cause I always even like how I made like my first like hundred thousand dollars in a year. And I was super attached to that. Like I would always write it down like every single day. And then I was like, if I, like, I felt like so attached to it. And then I remember like a year went by and I was like, Oh my God, like I didn't manifest that. And it was like, yeah, no shit. I didn't manifest it because I was like so stuck on it. And I wasn't even sure why I wanted this much money in this amount of time. Like there was no specific reason. Like me having this money was not going to like serve the world or like change much. Like, so that was something I realized that I was trying to manifest that wasn't really important because it's more about being who you want to be or like if you want to manifest something doing acting as if you already have it not just you know manifesting it in your journal and then not changing anything about yourself or your life like you have to change you have to make a shift before you just <laughs> manifest things by writing it in your journal <laughs> I feel like people think manifesting is like oh my god like I'm just gonna say it and it's gonna come to me like oh, I'm gonna be a millionaire by the age of 30 and you're like you're just chilling you're just doing the same things and you're just like oh i'm manifesting but like no that's not what manifesting is people think it's like this woo-woo thing and it's like it really is magic if you if you do it the right way like you know if you do it and then you work toward it but you're not so attached to the outcome and you're not forcing things to happen because sometimes a lot of people they want to manifest and then they block themselves from other opportunities because they're not specifically what they wanted to manifest so it's really about like surrendering and being open and letting giving yourself the space to create even more abundance than what you probably thought you could have created exactly and I feel like like if you try manifesting and you're like oh I did that and it didn't work but it's like if you're not meant to go through something at this point in your life doesn't mean it's not going to happen later on. And like manifesting doesn't have like a time limit. Okay. Like you can put something on the universe. doesn't mean it's going to come right to you. It doesn't mean it's going to happen in a month or two months or two years. Like if you put it out in the universe, that's great. Let it go, but don't expect it to be like, Oh, I tried manifesting in this and it didn't work for me. But like, you don't know that yet. Like it could be coming yeah. to you, but just because you said it doesn't mean you're ready for it. You know? Okay, now, okay, let's see. Now, this question is so broad, and I want to ask everybody these um, life questions, but it could be about anything. But when I say, what is your dream life? Like, what do you picture? It could be a place you're living, it could be a car you're driving, it could be um, dream job, you know, dog, whatever. Like, what, what do you see? Okay, when you close your eyes and you're like, when you say, like, I'm going to make it, and like, what do you see? yourself mm -hmm. sitting down and you're like damn I made it like where do you see yourself sitting at or doing okay so I feel like I'm like super simple like I feel like my dreams are so big and then I tell them to people and they're like you just want like enough money to buy like yoga clothes and essentially <laughs> I'm like <laughs> I'm like, yeah, like I don't really like crave like a huge house and like five cars like whatever but I mean of course like those things would be nice but when I see my dream life I see like I have like I want to be able to have a balance of being able to travel but also being able to stay grounded so if that means like I guess having the ability to pay my mortgage or my rent in a place that I love while having the ability to travel so doing like both of those things I do see my dream life like living in Costa Rica like in the jungle but, like, being able to, like, 
I picture myself like waking up, like making celery juice, like <laughs> doing yoga on the beach. And then like, I don't know, like going on calls with clients or like planning my next yoga retreat or something like that. Maybe like going to the beach. Like I see my dream life having a lot of ease. So I don't see myself like working like crazy hard, long hours, at least, you know, working toward it. But once I'm in my dream life, mm-hmm. that's the time to chill. So I see myself just like hanging out with like good friends, like going to like cool events, like traveling, living on the beach or near the beach, drinking juice and smoothies, eating mangoes. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's so cool that like when I said what your dream life is, like you guys noticed that she didn't say anything like materialistic. She's just like waking up. Okay. And like doing like her daily thing. Like it's not about like when you really think about it, like do you really need like a huge mansion to have like a dream life? Like, just like we are going back to like, is your mind okay? Is your mind right? You know, it's not really about the material things at the end of the day. That's not, I mean, cause you could be in that and then you could still be unhappy. Um, but when I think of dream life, like I just don't even know, like, cause like you said, it's not really about like, I don't think of like a nice car or like a nice mansion. Like I just, I haven't even figured that out yet of what I want my dream life to be. Cause there's so much opportunities. There's so, so many different ways to live. There's some, so many different things that I just don't even, I can't even picture like what the dream would be. What is your dream? No, we already talked about dream place to live. You said maybe Costa Rica. What is your 2020 goals? I guess one of my 2020 goals before the year start, like when I was like writing out my 2020 goals in 2019 was to host like another retreat or two, but that might be completely out of my control depending on um, the virus, but that's definitely a big goal of mine is to have another retreat, um, with more people. Uh, I want to launch my program a few times this year. So it's launching May 4th and I want to run it like, you know, pretty much every three months or close to that. So can you just real quick, can you just talk about like how people can get, like when you're launching this, like how can people get started with you basically like let's say you message me and you're like i'm interested like what's this about we can talk through messages or we can get on a phone call and i can tell you in detail everything there is to expect in the past i did a program that was more um it was like more like school like it was online and there was like lectures and videos and pdfs and things like that and this next program i'm really focusing in more on like the sense of community So um, I'm hosting it through a Facebook group and it's going to be me doing like live calls or live trainings, I guess, in regards to, you know, self-love, nutrition, spirituality. Um, And I think I also want to incorporate yoga classes as well into that. So once a week, a yoga class, once a week, a live training, and then once a week, it would be group calls. So just like on Zoom, having all the women in the community um, on these group calls and then essentially depending on like our time frame, you would get a certain amount of time to speak to me and get coached, um, you know, talk about what's present for you, what's coming up for you, what you want to shift, what your goals are, whatever that means. And overall, 
hearing each other's like ideas and hearing each other, like what you're struggling, whatever you're going through. I found that I found it super powerful because I'm in a program. Like I have a coach myself and I'm doing a group program and she's kind of running it this way. And it seems a lot more fluid because it's like we have these group calls and then we're also doing like one-on-one coaching in the DMS. So for example, like through the DMS, we can talk about like, you can ask me questions, specifics, whatever you're working on. And then on the call, you can ask, you know, more in-depth things face to face to face. I'm also going to be including, you know, I'm going to be including like the PDFs and the information and the things like that, but it's not going to be so information education heavy as I've done in the past. It's going to be more like embodiment and co-creation. So, you know, working together to figure out how you're going to become the woman that you want to be. And that is so much more powerful than like any reading or PDF or whatever that you can get. So yes, you would be getting like the PDFs, the information on nutrition, the science, whatever you want to know, but it's a very heavy focus on embodiment and being the woman that you want to be. So I can just, I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm subscribed to a lot of coaches email lists and I'll get emails with like free PDFs and free um, information. And it's like, a freaking 20 page PDF. Like that's amazing. That's great. But sometimes like people don't like to read, you know, that's why, yeah, like zoom calls and and stuff like that. I feel like is so, is so great because you don't have to sit there and read. You literally just are, are talking face to face. It goes by, you know, and you learn better that way. Well, some, some people do. Um, (laughs) I think that's awesome. Um, and I, I love the community thing because my friend, she has, I didn't know this existed, but like in New York, New York City, there's so many communities kind of like babes supporting babes, like all that kind of stuff. But like, there's so many groups of women who are in communities and like everybody supports everybody. And that's mm-hmm. so hard to find. Um, around here anyways but um, when you have that genuine support your life is so different like people genuinely care your business grows your you know your personal life is better because you have you're surrounded by women who actually care who want to support you and you just feel so empowered when you Mm -hmm. have community that's awesome Um, okay so how how do you keep a healthy balance in your life? So like when you have work, like how do you plan like, oh, I have to do this, 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 this today. I have to meditate. I have to do yoga. I have to do this. I have to go to work. How do you find the healthy balance between that? I choose my priorities. So for example, like if I work at seven o'clock in the morning, I'm not going to hit the gym at 5 a.m. Some people that works for them, me, no, I'm not waking up at 5 a.m. to go to the gym. But I will wake up a little bit earlier to do a meditation and then maybe, you know, later on in the day, I'll get some type of movement or yoga in. So I just try to figure out like where I can fit my priorities in my day. And my priorities are typically like, my priorities are typically like movement, um, meditation, and then some type of like creation in regards to my health coaching business, whether that means just posting on Instagram or showing up on my story, um, those are like really my, my main priorities. And then if I have a day off, then, you know, I go into more depth of in my business, but if I have like a day where I have work, 
it's usually like wake up, meditate. If I, depending on what time I work, like I'll go to yoga or I'll go to work and then I'll go to yoga later on in the day. And yeah. And I also prioritize like food. So I, I don't like meal prep in a sense, but I will like, if I know I have a busy week ahead, I'll make sure I have like the things that I know have to get cooked. Like I'll cook them beforehand. That way I can just like throw stuff together and then I'm not like stressed out or like going like seeking like on the go meals and things like that. So I definitely try to balance, uh, like I talked before mind, body, spirit. So I try to make sure like I'm eating good, I'm feeling good and I'm still finding that connection. How do you, okay. So what is, um, some advice that you want to give to someone you're like, okay, like I want to start working out and we start eating healthier, but I just don't have the time. Uh, that's like hard because it's not that there's a lot of limiting beliefs around not having time. It's not that you don't have time. It's that you're not prioritizing where you want to place your time. And I know it's hard, especially for example, like, like you, you're a mom, you work on your own business. You probably do like a million things in a day and it's probably hard to find the time. Yes. Difficult and uncomfortable, but like I said before, it's about taking radical responsibility. Like if you're sick of the life you live and you're sick of what you've been tolerating and what you've been putting up with, you'll give yourself that 45 minutes to hit the gym or to do a YouTube yoga stretch video or whatever it is. Or, you know, there's even so many options nowadays with like meal prep companies and like people like that. Like there's just like so many options that if you don't have time, like you can figure out like how to get like home-cooked meals from somebody like people have businesses where they literally will drop off like vegan food to your house you know what I mean so there's just like so many options so like if you don't have time to cook figure out like where can I buy like a, a prepped meal or like you know but it's still natural food or I don't have time to work out well can you wake up 20 minutes early and like run around your block or something like that like it's about making those those small shifts I agree so my mom she used to work two jobs she worked um 6 to 10 6 p.m to 10 p.m and then she went to work overnight from 11 30 to 7 30 a.m and she wanted to start going to the gym and like somebody that works that much you know she started when she wanted to go to the gym and she literally would go to the gym in between shifts or after her shift or before her shift like that is crazy I can't even imagine how tired she must have been but like that's just an example like if you really really want it you will do it like there's there's literally no excuse there's just mm-hmm. none and sometimes it even means like reevaluating. like for example like let's say your mom did say I don't have time maybe that's a chance to reevaluate your lifestyle you know where am I burning myself out where am I not giving myself the time that I deserve so sometimes it means you have to reevaluate other aspects of your life, like your job or your schedule and things that you think you don't have control over, but you do. You can change whatever you want, whenever you want. Mm-hmm. And exactly like you said, like there's there's services that will deliver meals to you. And even if you don't have money for that or whatever the excuse is, like you can meal prep. Like it's there's there's got to be one day out of the week where you have a little bit of time to just throw some some meals together. One yeah. hour, yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's see here. What, oh, do you have a routine? Do you have a night routine? Do you have a morning routine? Do you have like an after work routine, before work routine? So 
every day is very different for me so it's very hard for me to have like a set routine but I definitely I have like a very very short and sweet morning routine I usually like I wake up and like I'll go to the bathroom like just rinse off my face to like wake up and then I'll meditate in my room for like 10 minutes and then I usually have like coffee or tea and that's when I'll do like my journaling if I have time. Otherwise, you know, sometimes that has to be left out and I just go straight to work. But usually I have the time and I'll journal. Um, and then depending on like my day, because prior to the virus, I would go to yoga classes. So that would be time dependent. So I always prioritize movement, but I wouldn't say it's much of a routine because sometimes I would work out at night. Sometimes I'd work out in the morning. But I would say, like, my routine is definitely, like, wake up, like, meditate, coffee, usually. It's usually coffee, um, but sometimes I'll have tea. And then at night, um, I do try to write, like, do a little bit of journaling at night. And sometimes I meditate at night, and sometimes I don't. I, will, I do want to get a practice where I'm doing it both day and night, but I'm not fully there, at least not every single day. But I definitely try to journal at night, ground down. Um, I drink cacao, like every night <laughs> so I just kind of like be cozy I guess at night and then in the morning I try to do things that will like boost my energy like make me productive so if you had to recommend like one thing for somebody to do like one thing to add to the routine like whether you said like drinking cacao and doing yoga meditating journaling what would you recommend what do you think is most not most important but what would you think is the most beneficial uh, meditation 100 percent I agree. I always feel so good. I don't know anybody who doesn't feel good after meditating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So we're, I'm sorry, this is so long, <laughs> but okay. um, now I want to ask everybody this question because it makes me happy. What do you love about yourself? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I think I love, well, I love, I love my uniqueness. I love that I'm an Aquarius. So, like, I feel like I use that to be, like, I'm unique. I'm <laughs> like, whatever. So, I think I love that because, like, I'm always switching up, like, my looks and, like, my vibe. And I think it's, like, different. And I feel like I'm not, like, the average, like, coach or like spiritual teacher or like yoga teacher and I I like that about myself like I like that I can kind of like break barriers and like be a rebel in like situations I agree I feel like I feel like a lot of people are like you need to you need to label yourself you need to have a niche you need to have one type of content and like first of all that's not true because why would you limit yourself to be one type of person you know, mm -hmm. like you need to be unique. You need to be different. Like just because, you know, like just if she were to focus on just gut health or just meditation or just yoga, like she doesn't focus on just one, you know, thing. It, it's all these different aspects into one. And that's what makes her different. You don't see like all these coaches like I'm only going to post about this type of content. I'm only posting about um, gut health or nutrition or whatever it is. But you you shouldn't limit yourself to be one type of person. Um, mm -hmm. You don't have to do that. You should just be yourself and talk about anything you want to. You don't have to say like, oh, well, I don't think my followers are going to like this or like this, but like, it shouldn't be like that. Yeah, I, 
what you just said, it's hard because in like business in general, well, I mean, you probably know, but you know, anybody who's listening, who's like trying to start their own business or entrepreneurial journey or things like that, you will be told that you have to be one thing. You will be told that you have to niche down. And that is what like tore me apart. And that's why I'm so glad that I found the mentor that I have now, because she's like breaking the rules of everything. She's like, like, for example, me launching my new program, I was like, should I like nurture my audience a little bit more? She was like, in the past, I would have said that, but like, if you're confident in what you're selling, the right people will come to you, like, just do it. And like, even with niching down, like I told her that, like, I was told to like do one thing. So I chose gut health. And she was like, is that what like what lights you up every single day? And that's why I had to reevaluate what I was doing. So I was like, yes, I'm passionate about it. And yes, I believe in it. But like, do I want to be known as like, the gut health girl is what is that what I want to be known as no I want to be known as so much more than just one aspect of health yeah I feel like you are not you are not you are your own brand like you are like I don't think that you should be like Brielle the gut health coach like you are Brielle like you do not need to freak like guys when you so well I noticed too like on your Instagram um just like your brand in general, like I like that you're like motherhood, veganism, mm-hmm. like mental health. Like I like that you share um, like all aspects of you. Thank you. And I, I just don't – guys, when you get that, oh, 10 Instagram tips, 10, 10 ways to grow your business or your Instagram or whatever it is, and you're like – and they're like, find your niche, find your niche. No, do not find your niche. Post about whatever you want be your own personal brand do not (laughs) limit yourself to a certain a certain topic you know like not everybody okay like you're an interior design page that's great but it gets repetitive it gets so repetitive after a while and people are gonna be like okay i've seen enough of this like it's boring like you need to switch it up like you don't have to just label yourself and limit yourself like don't do that um we even had people like message me and tell me like hey i love what you're doing but like you're I forgot like one girl like messaged me and she was like I love what you're doing but she was like don't feel like you have to limit yourself to just teaching one thing like she was like I know that you like know so much and Mm -hmm. I was like and I was just always told in business like because I've had mentors before like I've had business coaches and things like that and they've told me like niche down like even though you're multifaceted your business is one thing and I'm like bro like Maybe in like 1920, like we get it, but like I feel like yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like 2020, like it's it's just all about personal brand. Like, don't limit yourself because if you're limiting yourself to one thing, you can only make money in that one thing. Like, just be your own personal brand and just branch out. Okay, so now, um, this is your time to shine promote yourself, <laughs> talk about whatever you want, tell, talk about your pages, your whatever you want, just it's all you. Sure. So, I mean, I already shared with you guys um, what I'm diving into in regards to coaching my new program. It's called Root to Rise. If you want to get in on that, you can always send me a message on Instagram and that's going to be starting on May 4th. So about a month from now, you can follow me at Wonders of Gaia, 
W-A-N-D-E-R-S of Gaia, G-A-I-A. Um, I'm really only on Instagram and Facebook, so you could always add me on Facebook. I'm just starting to get a little bit more active on there. Um, and my name's Brielle Monegro, B-R-I-E-L-L-E-N-M-O-N-E-G-R-O is my full name if you want to add me on Facebook. Yeah, I think that that's it. I feel like I shared like what I do. Um, I also, as of right now during the coronavirus, I'm definitely offering like online yoga classes and things like that, that you can just like, you can reach out to me personally or just see on my page. Um, yeah, that's really all I have going on right now. But if you just follow me, add me on Facebook, whatever, you can see everything that I do. Okay, and I will have all of her info in the show notes okay guys thank you so much for listening everybody i will see you in the next episode like i said her stuff will be linked in the show notes go follow her um keep an eye out for her program and i'll see you in the next episode yay thank you